episode 217 of the Radio Impound Podcast, and we welcome back Dakota Fenn. I think this is the third or fourth time you've been on this pod over the years. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we wanted to, I thought, you know, this was after PMB. I was thinking, you know, Dakota won two or three classes there, had a great, a great race, a great turnout. I was like, you know, we'd like to kind of, I guess you stay current with the times. We have uh, had a big race and it was cool to get uh, Dakota's a uh, little bit of feedback on it. And of course there's people out there that have some questions here and there. We have our own, but uh, yeah, we had a great race at PMB and you know, you talked about it earlier today. You did your own live video talking about uh, some things on the events and new uh, products, you know, we were working on, but uh, I'll talk about PMB, you know, what's it, what's it like uh, doing that type of an event and how many times have you, into it yeah i mean it's been it's been what four months you know since we've been to a like a, a big travel a travel race so it's probably been the longest out of my career um probably even back to probably like when i started traveling when i was seven it's probably the, been the longest that i haven't traveled to a race for so kind of a, a different uh, a different world uh we're in right now you know trying to get used to and adapt um so I was super excited to be able to uh, make it out to PMB, be able to race again. It's always a super fun race, really unique with how they do the format, how the racing works, and everything like that. So I was excited. Always have always have a fun time. And uh, this year we decided to uh, to pit outside, just kind of stay out of the noise a little bit. Normally we'd be pitting in the building, and uh, it just it just makes the event uh, very long and tiring. So brought the brought the trailer down and uh, hung out there out with the team for the weekend. But yeah, it was uh, it, it was exciting just to be out and to uh, to get racing again. And you know, PMB is a little different. Um, I want to say Paul and I started going to these kind of one-off eight-scale races where they build it in a building. It was I say I want to say back as 09, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. We did AMS for the first time, and then it seemed yeah. like shortly thereafter we were hitting a lot of these type of uh, events and now Dave Lycom who runs the race time entertainment has uh, five events uh, through the year. And uh, you know, it's a good promotion kind of an event, you know, people, people talk about wanting to have races all the time and they, uh, you know, I was hit, hitting us up, you know, you want to sponsor my event and do this and do that. And I'm a race promoter. And it's like, well, um, you know, there's, there's people that want to put on a race and then there's people that actually make uh, a nice big race happen over a period of years. And that promotion just doesn't come from nowhere. You know, you, you gotta say the event is happening, you know, what's going on, you keep people updated. And that's the only way um, that you build the interest to have these races. Uh, You can't just pull a 500 entry race out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, it, it takes a while, and he's been he's been in the game for a long time. Like you said, he has five pretty pretty major races that uh, you know a lot of guys do every year that he's pulling in a lot of entries. I mean, pretty I think pretty much all of them are you know four hundred plus on the entry count. So it's th- they're big events, and uh, I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing. Uh, he puts on very uh, professional races and uh, does a does a really good job at it. It's cool how they're all kind of unique in their own way. They're not just the same same race at a different location. You know, so every every race is is different. It has its own characteristics, its own schedule, things like that. So I think that makes it makes it fresh for uh, you know for all the guys that want to go to all of them instead of just picking picking one to go to every year. Yeah, and uh, you know what I guess what sticks out about this one is it's the one that they definitely say is twenty four hours, and it really comes out to yeah. be a twenty four hour a day race for three yeah. days. Yeah, it's pretty much a seventy thing to say seventy two seventy two hours at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, we get, you know, practice starts at 6 a.m. Friday morning and uh, ends Saturday morning at 6 a.m. I think they started qualifying before 7, 7 in the morning and uh, ran very late into the night. And I think it was maybe had a couple hours off and then back back into it for mains on Sunday. And I, I, I think they finished at what? I don't know. what It was probably after midnight by the time they finished. Yeah. Or, you know, right around there. So it was a uh, it, it was a long weekend for a lot of people, but. It's nice that it's it's actually sh- you know shorter as far as time being gone and time being at an event. So you're getting less sleep. It's longer, but it ends up being quicker, you know, as a, as a whole. So that that's nice. It's nice to be able to uh, you know drive in Thursday and uh, get home Monday. If, you know, if that's what you choose. 
and uh, it just uh, just more time at home. And you know, we're still getting uh, the same amount of racing in for the most part. But it's always it's always a fun race. There's always some unique features. The track is always just absolutely massive. Uh, I think he was just saying the straightaway was like 270 some feet long or something like that. So uh, just just absolutely insane. And uh, you know, there's there's always that one feature of the whoop section this year was that that feature that you have to try to get through and survive. And then the rest of the track was uh, it wasn't easy, but you know, it was it was pretty uh, pretty standard. You know, there was a fun big triple there, um, and then they kind of had that uh, single hip jump that we were kind of jumping the tube over. Really, the two sections were just jumping that corner and then the whoop section, um, and uh, just hitting those lines really good. Really, is what uh, what made the difference with the lap time. Yeah, I think what you know, a couple things stand out to me is the definitely, like you said, it's like there was the whoop section that was pretty difficult, but then it was like you said that hip jump where you got to jump on that, you know, jump on that corner and kind of land on that off camber section, and I almost thought that was the most difficult part. Uh, for everybody because the cars just weren't consistent in landing there every single time every time you know you'd land and sometimes it push into the pipe it was sandy mm-hmm. and um you know you, you you pretty much had to jump it i know mayfield expen- experimented with not jumping it but he really couldn't make up any ground by not jumping it he he was just kind of uh it was just kind of um you know he was just kind of you know, straight, you know, just even, he was just even every lap, you know, yeah. trying to not jump it. And, you know, I think he finally was like, well, I'm not making up any ground doing this. And, um, so it was a tough section. I, I, I thought that that was one of the difference makers along with the whoops, of course. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where if you do it, if you do it right, it was faster. And then if you do it, okay, or, you know, you're bounced off the pipe that is probably the same speed as not jumping it. But if you could do a good a few laps, it definitely would uh, would really affect that lap time a lot. But it was one, yeah, one, like you were saying, it was hard because I think the mound was pretty flat. There wasn't much of a shape to it. So when you land, you're kind of just flat landing. So it was kind of hard to know if the car was going to flip. You know, you wouldn't want to have too much angle or when you land, the car would flip. If you landed straight, then you would just go straight out into the pipe. So you kind of had to try to find that balance in the middle and then just figuring out where you're actually hitting the single at and the angle of your car because we couldn't see the, the car at all going up that that single uh especially if you're standing on more on the left side of the of the driver stand you had no idea where your car was once you uh got to the bottom of that single so you kind of had to line it up and just uh go off a of muscle memory and figure out you know where you hit it before and just try and hit it at that same angle again because you really couldn't really couldn't see where you were at So uh, obviously in the results, we, we went over that a little bit. You got two or three classes. Uh, the Treggy was, um, you were like, <laughs> or I don't know, but you were in fourth place, I think, and just kind of, you, you know, waiting to use the Joker lane opportunities that you had saved up for the whole race. Uh, I heard you talk a little earlier on the one you were talking about that you really relied on your mechanic to tell you kind of where you were at there, right? Yeah, it was, it's like I said, that's kind of one of the unique things at PNB is the Joker lane. And I think that most of the drivers actually really enjoy it for the most part. It's, it's a, it's a really cool feature. Um, obviously I think Ryan was talking about there's some kind of chaos when, when the two lines come together. Uh, but I think for the most part, it was, it was pretty clean for most of the races. Um, obviously there's going to be instances no matter what happened, you know, no matter how they do it. But I think for the most part, it was, it was pretty good. And it definitely, it just adds another uh, another thing to worry about, another thing to the game. And, uh, yeah, I was really, really, uh, you know, had to uh, ask my mechanic where I was at and stuff because the, it was seven, eight seconds and there's three of them. So you could be, you know, 20 seconds behind the leader, and but you could actually be in the lead if you uh, if you had used the Jokers. If they had used all the Jokers and you hadn't used any Jokers at all. So it, it, it was very hard to know exactly where you were at and to try to keep track of, what everyone had done joker wise if they've used any if they used one two three whatever it may be so yeah you really had to rely on the mechanic and uh, have them keep track of that they could look up on the screen behind them and see you know where everyone was at time wise what how many times they've used the joker and uh, kind of figure out where you're at but it was a uh, it was a challenge and it also takes your focus off uh, off driving a little bit you know having to ask those questions and uh, listen and trying to uh, you know figure out when the best time to use all that is 
but that's uh, that's part of the race strategy. And uh, I, I personally think it's uh, it's pretty fun, pretty cool, and uh, it gives people uh, a little separation. Which uh, for me, it really helped me out because they a lot of the guys up front all use the jokers right away, and I kind of ended up just being by myself. Uh, I I would connect with Hornhorst uh, here and there a little bit on and off for the first 15 minutes, but for the most part, I never saw a car pretty much the whole race. Um, you know, there's some traffic here and there, but I was never really around cars. I was kind of just out driving. It was like qualifying. I was just out driving, driving my own race, and uh, was able to keep an eye on the times. And I had uh, I had good speed. I was able to uh, kind of catch up to the guys up front and. Uh, just had something to, uh, to strive for. So, um, obviously we talked about, you know, you, you made up, you, you saved those two last joker lane runs for the end of the, uh, the race. And it was like, boom, you ran one, you're in the lead, you did one more and, and you had a big gap. So, um, was it, uh, did you feel like kind of coming up to that point? Like, yeah, it's just a matter of time before I'm in the lead here, or was it finally like you had to actually go through the lane and get in the lead and you're like, okay, now I'm leading. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a foregone conclusion in your head that you were going to be leading. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, a little bit stressful, especially like what you were talking about, like, you know, coming down to a, you know, three minutes left and not taking them yet. Um, but I just, like I said, I was trying, I knew that I was going to have the lead, but there was cars in front of me. So to me, my, one of my strengths has always been able to, uh, to try to like make up time and, uh, so I try to use that to my advantage and, uh, try to, you know, try my best to stay clean and catch up to them and stuff. And then with, uh, with a few minutes left, I think there's probably like five, five laps left. Uh, I use the last two jokers and then I only had to, uh, go through the whoop sections a few times and I could just kind of roll through them. The, uh, that single hip jump, I just stopped jumping that started just singling through that. And, uh, it just made, made life a lot easier. And the, the buggy main, that one was really kind of chaotic. I thought like the truggy main, I thought went somewhat smooth with the Joker lanes and people running through it. Mm-hmm. And to me, the buggy yep. one was like total chaos for some reason. Yeah. Buggy was this first five minutes were just a nightmare. There was cars all over the place. <laughs> there was cars upside down before the whoop section. Jeez. I remember the one time I went through it. It was like uh, it was like coming over a hill in Michigan when there's a bunch of snow and ice and you come over the hill and there's just cars just everywhere. That was like going through the whoop section. There'd be cars on the left side, the right side, the middle. I mean, they were just all over the place. At one point, I, don't, I think it was like the third or fourth lap or something. The two came off before coming into the whoops. I didn't. I mean, I didn't see it. I just there was a bunch of cars that hit it. And then I don't know. I don't even know what happened. But I ended up being like there was like four cars on top of mine. And it was just, it was just insane. I, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. And it happened like three or four laps in a row where there was just cars everywhere mm-hmm. going, going that coming into the whoop section, the middle of the whoop section, going through the Joker lane, just, just carnage. That sounds like and I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't know why. Day. I don't, I don't know why it was like that just for Nature Buggy because E Buggy was super clean again. Obviously, yeah. there was only one Joker in that, but. You know, Treggy was fine, E Buggy was fine, but for some reason, Nitro Buggy people were uh, just getting buck wild and going all over the place. But yeah, I mean, I was I was in like thirteenth, like after the second or third lap, and then like after the first pit stop, I was in like third. And I mean, I don't know in correlation with you know with the jokers and all that. It's kind of hard to uh, to figure out, but it just people were just all over the place. I saw a couple of people do it just because they were so frustrated, like they were just like. You know, they would make a crack and they would just say, you know what, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to wipe that crash clean and go through the Joker lane. So they actually, yeah. didn't, they only wiped out a crash. They didn't get the advantage of, uh, of running through yeah. it, but it was the buggy was, whew, that was a tough one to watch at times, but guys just running through. And that's where a lot of the, the incidents we were talking about were, uh, lines were kind of interfering and two guys going at once and uh, t- tough race. Um, and then we got, uh, we got into the e-buggy class where I was thinking it was just going to be a disaster and, uh, yeah. and you guys handled it well. I mean, I don't think you had one crash until like when the race was already kind of decided you had one little bobble, but 
uh, I thought that was the best, your best run or your best car of the weekend. It looked like in that buggy main or the e-buggy main, it looked amazing. Yeah, I just, uh, I decided to go with a different tire than when I ran with Nitro Buggy. Uh, Nitro Buggy, I ran the Blue Stalkers, which is what I had run in uh, Q2, and I thought they are really good. I think for the main, the track had gotten a little bit uh, too rough to have that much pin flex. So I went back to a Blue Reflex for E-Buggy, um, same as what I had ran in Nitro Truggy, and uh, they were super, super good, really stable, and they didn't catch the ruts at all. Um, so that was a... That, that was the best that my e-boogie has been, I don't know, probably ever. It was always, you know, it was good in qualifying and stuff, but that main event, just with that tire choice and how the track was and stuff, it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, it's always a great feeling when you go out there and it just, everything just goes your way. The car's flowing, you're flowing with the car and uh, it just, uh, you're just driving around and, uh, you know, it's, it's going fast and you're not having to push or anything. You're hitting all your marks. You know, I, I got through the whoop section pretty, pretty clean every lap. And uh, yeah, I just had one mistake there at the end. But yeah, for the most part, it was uh, it was a clean run. And uh, it was a great way to finish the weekend off. So let's talk about your electronic setup a little bit in your e-buggy. Uh, you know, a lot of the other guys, you know, we've talked to and um, but, um, you know, you're running the Trinity Power in you know, most uh, all your electric cars. So what do you got it set up like in the e-buggy right now? Yeah, so for this weekend, I actually had a, a pretty different setup from what I normally run. Uh, they recently came out with a new RPM rotor. So it has uh, quite a bit more top end, uh, which is good for PNB, obviously, with the track being that big. And then it smooths out the bottom a lot, so it makes it a lot easier to uh, time jumps. makes it a lot easier to go through that whoop section. I was able to time that really well. Um, so that was, uh, that was a, a, a big advantage for me. And uh, really helped smooth smooth that bottom out with. I mean, with eBuggy, you have so much torque already. You don't need all that. So really helped smooth that out. Gave me some more top end, um, which never hurts at P and B. And uh, then I ran and ran uh, two uh, two two S's stuck together. So pretty much a, like an LCG style pack. So I had a lot more room. Was able to uh, run the JC body on there now for the eBuggy as well, which was super nice to be able to do. And uh, yeah, everything everything was working great. So, um, yeah, you got two out of three wins, obviously a really good weekend. Uh, and you know, it doesn't happen very often that people win, you know, multiple classes at, at events. And it seems like there's certain drivers that are able to pull it off, uh, you know, over the years. I mean, I, I think Kinwald was the one I remember, uh, really getting two, three plus wins at races, you know, really dominating stuff. Uh, you know, then you get into, uh, you know, Cavalieri. I, th I thought there for a while he was really good at getting those. You know, when things were going well, he was he was good at capitalizing on it. Um, you know, Mayfield's done it a little bit. Uh, you know, he had one at Nitro Challenge, which I think was pretty amazing to have it happen at that race. But um, you're another one of those guys that seems to when things are clicking and you got the vehicles going um that you can win multiple classes at a single event you know crc i know you've done it be you know have had it happen there and in other events uh is there something that you know this event you did two out of three so uh, is there something that you can start to feel uh during the event when it's going on that you have a shot at that or uh, is it something that sometimes just kind of comes together in the mains yeah, it's, it's so hard now, especially with, I mean, everyone is so close. Um, the times are, have just gotten closer and closer over the years. The cars, you know, are at such a high level now that every little detail is, is so important. You know, everything, you know, like with a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, different industries, the level just keeps getting raised and raised and raised until you're at that, that point where every little thing makes such a big difference. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it has to do with the track where the track will suit suit a certain driver or you'll just feel really comfortable with the layout or the dirt. Sometimes you just have a really good program going into it. You know, you have your tire prep on point and you're picking the right tires. You're picking the right, you know, sauce if it's 10 scale and uh, everything is, uh, you're just making the right decisions. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely tough. You know, there's, there's a lot of good drivers out there and uh, the cars, you know, all the cars have to be absolutely perfect. The setup has to be on point. Like I said, the engines, electronics, the tires, everything just has to be on point and going your way. And that's hard to do at this level, especially with uh, with multiple vehicles. But 
you just gotta when you have an opportunity and that chance you have to try to uh, capitalize it and uh, make it count when you can yeah absolutely and it seems like you know there's a handful of guys out there that can can do it can get that done and it, uh, it's been kind of cool you know over the years to just see the people that can actually pull off something like that i mean it's if somebody is going to sign up and run a club race and win three classes, it's, it's not exactly the easiest thing, you know, to win all three in one night at a race, but then you go to a big race like this and, you know, um, being a guy that can pull off three monster wins on one weekend. Uh, that's really impressive. I think, uh, to see, and it doesn't happen much over the years. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like like I said, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard enough to win one as it is having uh, you know your your program and everything everything goes to go with one vehicle, but then to have it with you know two vehicles or three vehicles or whatever is uh, is very difficult. And you know, there's the changing traditions. I was actually kind of off the pace uh, for most of practice going into. Uh, I mean, I got there like ten ten ish a.m. in the morning Friday and ran pretty much straight through until uh, two a.m. Saturday morning. And uh, left left when I couldn't uh, couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. But yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit off pace up until the the very end of practice. And uh, I mean, it's just uh, it's hard. The track conditions, you know, changed a lot, and uh, it ended up suiting you know suiting my cars. We had a really good uh, good setup from Nitro Challenge, a good base setup and a good ending setup. So kind of uh, started back at the base setup and then made some different changes. You know, with uh, with the track being quite a bit different from Nitro Challenge. And was able to uh, get the cars all really good. So let's go into. Uh, I'm not sure on the the new vehicles you, you're running. I know you debuted in Truggy at Nitro Challenge, which uh, you know they're uh, kind of working along with, and, and uh, you're you're a little bit more up to speed now uh, with that Truggy and maybe a. Uh, upcoming release uh anything else going on with the with the other vehicles you ran that maybe uh new or upcoming or things that people might have noticed um not a ton i mean i'm running the uh the 8x elite for the nitro buggy and then i have those pretty much those parts on the e-buggy as well so uh, nothing nothing too new there um yeah nothing nothing too crazy the struggle um i can't i mean i can't really talk about it too much but have, you know, had some new stuff on there for a PNB, just making some progress from a nature challenge. And it was definitely a lot better. And, uh, I'm excited to, uh, to keep working with it and I uh, keep improving. So what do you think about the naming formula now on the, the TLR cars? It seems like they're kind of, um, you know, the, the 22 has been through, you know, a ton of variations are onto the 5.0 and now a 5.0 elite. And then the eight, X, it seems like they kind of jumped and went straight to an elite model. Um, is this something you think that we're going to expect more of down the line? Or is this kind of uh, maybe their their new formula for kind of updating and, and uh, doing different car lines? Yeah, I, th- I think they brought the X back just from back in the day, you know, with the, the triple X and things like that. And then as far as the elite goes, that, you know, we come out with the the first iteration of the X, and then the Elite is kind of like that uh, that that bridge between the first version and the second version, where it's maybe not maybe not enough to to like call it like the you know the 2.0 or, or whatever it will be as the second iteration, but it just has some updated parts that we've learned and figured out since the car has come out. Um, but it's it's parts that people are able to you know buy separately as well if they need to. It's not not anything too crazy. It's just kind of some updates here and there. So I think instead of just calling it, uh, you know, the, the second version, however they want to name that they're kind of doing the elite as the, the go between. And then obviously like it comes with, uh, most of the, the elites come with titanium turnbuckles and a lot of like hop up parts that don't normally come on, on kit standard. So I think, I think they're just trying to uh, give people value for their money. Um, you know, with, with all the stuff that comes with the elite, on the, with the eight scale and the tool drive as well. It's, it's a lot of stuff for, for how much the kit is. Yeah. And it seems like these kits are, like you said, are, they're getting really packed with a lot of uh, goodies when you just buy it brand new out of the box. Huh? Yeah. I mean, the, the elites are pretty much at the point where that's, that's what we race with, you know, the, the elite, you can buy that and that's, 
like 99% of what's exactly on my car and a lot of the other drivers. There's really not, not too many things that you can really upgrade anymore at that point. So it, it, it's pretty cool how they were able to do that. Um, and definitely something, something a little bit different. And uh, like I said, just kind of gives that go in between stage between the, you know, the next, next release of the kit. So let's talk about, uh, you did a little uh, video today, uh, your own um, live video. So, uh, you know, you're, you're really, uh, <laughs> you're really living it up here today, but you know, the, <laughs> Uh, you know, what, what were some of the items you talked about in that? I mean, obviously you don't have to get super detailed, like in your own video, if somebody wants to know, they can jump over there, but, uh, we discussed doing a couple things and, um, you did reveal a couple things that you updated your cars with. Yeah, actually, so I was sitting here, so I'll just throw my hand real quick, but, uh, yeah, I got the, uh, the P2 body for the two L paint up ready to go. So it looks really sweet. I really like how the, the back of that body came out I'm trying to figure out how to show this on the camera here. Um, and then have the black fin turnbuckles for the two wheel already to go on here. Um, and then the four wheel has the, has two body paint up ready to go. And then the black fin turnbuckles on that as well. Nice. Just some, uh, I like turnbuckles were super nice, super easy to put on. Um, like I said, I didn't have to drill them in and out a bunch of times. That way they wouldn't pop off the ball stud. Just put them on once and they were uh, good to go to be able to set the camber and toe and all that stuff. Um, and just, you know, just a cleaner look. And, um, on the four wheel, do you still have the F2 body or did you, did you put the S2 on there? Uh, I have the S2 on here right now. Yeah. Okay. We'll let, we'll let Gotti go horizontal with the, with the camera again here. Right. Hold on one second. Yeah. It's a different design from the F2. It actually drives a lot different as well. I actually went and did some, uh, testing with Thomas, um, with the F2 versus the S2 body at Clubhouse. Um, and it was uh, pretty interesting how different they were. It uh, definitely gives guys a lot of options to be able to figure out, you know, how they want the car to drive. Uh, the F2 is very aggressive. It has a lot of steering and it's very quick. It gets in out of, gets in and out of the 180s extremely well, extremely fast, um, but still in a controlled manner. And then if you want a car that has a little bit, you know, a little bit tamer, not quite so much in the front end, you can uh, throw the S2 on there and it really smooths the car out. Let's it kind of round the corners a lot more and kind of uh, work on carrying that corner speed instead of coming in and kind of like whipping around and then getting out. So definitely uh, quite a bit different, uh, quite a bit different feel on the track. They both were very quick and you can kind of get both sides of, of the spectrum with the body. So, you know, maybe if you're uh, need some more steering you can throw the F2 on or, you know, vice versa, if you wanted to calm down the car, take away some steering, you can throw the S2 body on. And then what did you find running the, the P2 on the two wheel? Yeah, I actually really like the P2 on the tool as well. I really like how it looks, um, has a very unique look. And then I've been uh, driving it recently at home uh, pretty exclusively. Obviously, you know, I did some testing between all the bodies. And uh, was running at Clubhouse. I really liked the P2 body. Uh, Clubhouse, when I was running, was wet slicks, so pretty aggressive um, and pretty grabby. And the P2 helped to uh, calm the car down a little bit. I still had a lot of steering, but it was a little bit less twitchy, just because it has that the fin and the kind of like little uh, scoops on the back. So it kind of puts more pressure back on the rear of the car, uh, gives you some more grip and some more stability. So as far as um, events that are coming up on the calendar, different things, uh, what have you guys discussed and what do you think you're going to be able to get out to, um, you know, in the next couple months, what's, what's the schedule looking like? Yeah. So next month in August right now, uh, I have wicked weekend on the calendar. Uh, so excited about that. It's going to be at a new, uh, new venue this year. I don't know if, if there's like, if it's at a facility that normally, I believe it's at a facility that normally holds races, um, but I don't believe they've had a wicked weekend there before. So that'll be exciting. I haven't actually been to a wicked weekend event. So kind of be starting on a, a clean slate with everyone else as well. But yeah, that's, that's what I have for August right now. Um, September, uh, I believe the eight scale ENATs are scheduled for that right now. And then I'm trying to think what else is in September. It's hard because races are changing. You know, there's, there's races that are getting canceled 
you know, weekly and there's races that are getting added back in and there's postponed races that are, you know, they're coming back into the, into the program now we're you know, we're still kind of waiting on, uh, on national states and things like that. So it, it's, it's tough. We're kind of, uh, kind of just taking it month by month and, uh, trying to keep, a keep an open schedule. And then if something pops up, have the ability to, uh, to go to that, but there's definitely a lot of races scheduled for October, November right now that I want to hit up. Just kind of waiting to see, uh, see where everything's going to actually end up date wise. And, uh, Another question I was going to ask is uh, this kind of kind of new. I don't know if you maybe on one of the other episodes or something, but um, you guys got a new uh, team manager this year with uh, Thomas Tran kind of coming in and uh, get, getting the, the team manager position there. Um, you know, and it, it's obviously hasn't been the greatest year in terms of uh, being able to hit a lot of events, but it, it gives us a chance to do some other things that, you know, catch up stuff and organizational type things. And uh, so what are you noticing kind of with this, um, you know, going and getting Thomas involved with, with TLR now? And obviously you've been there ever since you started racing, you've been racing TLR. So you don't really yeah. know, <laughs> you don't know anything different other than those vehicles and <laughs> really kind of the guys behind the scenes. But, um, you know, what's it like with the the new team manager now and where do you kind of see things going? Yeah, it's been really cool working with Thomas. Um, obviously, like he, you know, he came at a he came at a, a very interesting time. I think that it was it was good for him because he had the ability to kind of learn the behind the scenes, the desk job, so to speak. He has some time to learn that without traveling twenty four seven. You know, obviously that's not the exciting part, and it kind of sucks to, uh, you know, become a team manager for uh, for TLR and then kind of just be a uh, you know stuck at home for the most part. But no, it, it gave him time to kind of figure out figuring out how to do all the, all the emails and catching up with all the drivers and kind of just uh, catching up on, uh, like I said, on the desk job and figuring out the order system and the programs and everything like that. And then, you know, we went to PMB a couple weeks ago and that was his, uh, his first race with the team. So, you know, that was uh, super cool and super exciting for everyone to be a part of. Um, you know, he has, a, he has a lot of passion for the industry and he's very good at going around and making sure everybody has what they need and stuff. So that was, that was cool to see. And, uh, I'd gone and I'd gone up and done some running. Um, actually he'd come up here and done some running with me a couple of, uh, a couple of times for a couple of weeks at a time. And, uh, you know, we did some 10 scale running, did a few things testing here and there and stuff. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be a really good thing and, uh, we'll just, uh, just keep plugging away and, uh, and, uh, keep, uh, keep going to races. I get people asking occasionally, uh, I don't know if this is something that you've filled out or, or done lately, but, uh, is there, an, I, I thought I saw something, maybe there's like a new setup sheet for the, for the TLR cars or, or something to that effect. Yeah, they, uh, they recently came out with some new setup sheets. They don't have them for all the vehicles yet. They have them for quite a few of them and, uh, just kind of a different way of doing things. It's, a lot different kind of takes a minute to get used to it, but the information is a lot more organized instead of just having the, you know, the front end and just having a, a sheet and it just has everything listed in a row. It kind of separates things out a little bit and uh, just, just makes it easier to read, easier to figure out what, what you're actually looking at. And you can kind of find the information a lot quicker. Like I said, the the old ones were kind of everything was just kind of in a list and you'd have to read down every single thing, try to find what you're looking for. It was kind of just all hidden in there. So it's a little more separated now, um, and uh, just easier to read. So I don't know if uh, cruising around, if we got any specific questions. I know Gotti threw one up earlier that it was a guy had asked if it was, uh, you know, if you were a fan of the Joker lane or nah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know about having it at every single race because I think it's it's definitely a challenge. Um, and it, I think that it could possibly take away from the racing a little bit, um, cause it can kind of separate people out quite a bit, but I do, I did, and I do really enjoy going to P and B and having, having that as an option. Um, like I said, it just gives, it gives the drivers a little bit of a chance to get away and kind of create their own space. And it gives, uh, it gives you the chance to, uh, be more tact, you know, tactful with, uh, with your racing. Okay. Well, that's um, good. Justin says you have a couple races under your belt now with, with the JCA scale program. It seems like the other team drivers 
the other team drivers, the reflexes quickly become a favorite. Yeah, I would say for eight scale, the reflex is kind of like the go-to tire. It was what we mostly ran at Nitro Challenge. Uh, obviously, Nitro Challenge, we were able to kind of test things a, a little bit, uh, a little bit more because the track, it's you know, it's an outdoor track. The surface, you're able to run a lot of different tread patterns and still be competitive. But yeah, the reflex was really good there. It was really good at P and B, and those are two completely different surfaces. So it seems like it seems like reflex is kind of just that go-to tire. You know, you start on start on greens, go to you know go to blues once the grip comes up a little bit, and then just uh, just go from there. And then if you know if the track keeps grooving up, you can go you know maybe to a rehab or a detox or something like that. But for the most part, it seems like the reflex the reflex is pretty solid. Um, it, it goes to the dust pretty good for the most part. It's good in the groove. It doesn't catch all those edges and things. So it's just a just a solid tire. Uh, he also asked, Justin also asked what. Was there anything spe- specific adjustment you liked on the e buggy that made a difference for that big track? Uh, more power. I made a few cha- <laughs> yeah, more power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, probably the just the the rudder change was the biggest thing for me, being able to time the jumps a lot easier. Um, but as far as setup on the car goes, I made a few changes. Um, I changed the the rear camber link. I moved it a little bit farther out. And it, but kept the same length, so I moved it farther out on the tower and then farther out on the hub. And then I also changed the to emulsion from bladders once the track kind of got a little bit of uh, some some ruts and edges and things coming onto the straightaway and then going into the sweeper. It really helped smooth out that section. And then also going to the whoop section, the emulsion really helped keep the car a little bit more dead feeling, and you're able to uh, time time those jumps better. Um, I started, I tried a couple other things. I really liked uh, universals. I've been running universals all the way around and uh, I've really been liking that. Um, and then I went to uh, inside, inside shock location on the arms. The J concepts hand sanitizer right there too. You had that with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rick says, uh, did anyone specific surprise you? at PMB weekend with their results. Someone you didn't think would be contender that came out of nowhere. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think for the most part, you know, everyone up front was, uh, was, uh, you know, was battling. Um, and for the most part, I knew who that was. Uh, Mason Fuller had a really good, uh, good run in e-buggy. I heard that he was pretty far back to start and then was able to uh, come up and make it up onto, uh, onto the fifth place podium. Um, so that was cool to see. Um, but yeah, for the most part was, uh, was battling the, the usual suspects. Justin says, thanks Doyle. Oh, here we go. Here's somebody, Here's somebody you might know Thomas Tran. <laughs> Thomas guy. There you go. You know, I thought in the, in the nitro buggy race, uh, I thought, uh, Seth Van Dalen and, yeah. and, um, I can't even think of his name right now. Oh. Any, anyways, I'll come back with it. But Seth got second, and yeah. he actually passed Mayfield on the last lap, and um, he was so excited uh, when he crossed the finish line and he got that second place. And, you know, I just – I was pretty happy for him because he was just so excited about it. And I think sometimes people lose that in, uh, excitement after a while. And mm-hmm. – you know, I think Ryan, you know, guys win so many races. Sometimes I think it's like uh, the difference between second and third or whatever, you know, if I'm not winning, it's like, all right, well, I'm on the podium, but I'm not winning. And and the guys that win a lot want to win. So, uh, yeah. but I thought that, you know, for Seth, the second was like a win for him and, uh, you know, getting by Mayfield, um, you know, did so good. Um, and he TQ'd Nitro Challenge. Um, yeah, but he didn't really get it. Yeah. He didn't really get a chance to show, I think what he had at nitro challenge. He didn't get a great start and it was a tough race to begin with. Track was pretty gnarly, but, um, but at this race, I thought he really showed what he had. And, uh, the, you know, Tyler Jones, I thought he had a great weekend. He was in there battling with you guys, uh, a lot and kind of making the Yagama stuff look pretty pretty good out there and uh i know he always has a lot of fans online and 
uh, as does Seth. Any and um, I mean, even, you know, Dakota, you have a, obviously a lot of fans online, and it seems like when uh, when you were younger, you had even more. Uh, people liked when it was like you could barely see over the driver's stand rail yeah, yeah. out there winning in stock yeah, people, races. People like people like uh, you know supporting the up and comers, which is mm-hmm. great to see. It keeps it keeps the kids in the hobby and keeps them interested. You know when they have a kind of support, that's that was always like a really cool thing. Um, and uh, you know it continues to be that way, which is which is very cool. I actually got to I actually watched the last lap of uh, Seth and Ryan. Um, I had a I had a couple of. Uh, couple of flame outs unfortunately in the main and i decided like with two minutes left to uh go off the track there after the sweeper and uh no one's no one saw me so uh, i just hung out back there and watched the last couple minutes and uh that was it was a good battle between them and uh yeah it was it was cool to see uh it was cool to see seth you know be able to uh fight to the very end and have that that drive to want to do as good as possible um and yeah like you said he didn't have you know, he had some good qualifying at uh, SIC Nitro Challenge, and uh, unfortunately, didn't have didn't have the best of luck in the main, um, which you know kind of always puts a damper on the mood. So it's cool to cool to see him be able to have a, a better weekend at uh, PMB. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of guys now, like Nitro. There's a lot of guys that can be up there battling for for those podium spots. It's fun to watch for sure. It, it is. I mean, you're there all weekend and uh, that nitro buggy main is, you know, the one you always kind of want to watch. And, and then Truggy is always so great. Cause you can really blast through, um, Truggy, you can blast through those whoops more. And I mean, yeah. I, I want to say you were, did you triple, triple quite often? Like, yeah, I was. That, my, and then you just like would kind of nose wheelie the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, my main line was the uh, was uh, triple, triple, double, and then kind of just singling through. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it like perfect in in uh, practice going up to the main, and then the first like five minutes of the main, I just absolutely just was terrible in the whoops. I, I think I was just that's kind of one of those sections you just have to commit, and I think I was just trying to be careful on it. If you don't if you don't hit your line, then you're done. So I think because uh, me and Ryan both actually crashed there on the first lap. And I, I think I went triple double. And then, so I was on a different rhythm and I was kind of just putzing through him in the back, just hit I don't know, a hole or, or a high spot or something and just went straight over the front super quick. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I didn't, didn't want to keep making that mistake, but I did for, for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun, fun event and I'm looking forward to the wicked. Hopefully, you know, it's an outdoor event. It's going to, Get, bring a little different of a flair, I think. And I'm actually looking yeah. forward to being outside and seeing you guys do it outside. Cause it seems like uh, typically anyway, the track will gain a lot of traction, uh, you know, if the sun's out. So uh, that's, what's mm-hmm. really fun to watch is when you guys can really get on it. You got a ton of traction and uh, should be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Normally more grip and more blown out. <laughs> it makes it more interesting. Uh, Chris asks, what is the least enjoyable maintenance task you have to do? What comes easy for you besides driving? Least enjoyable maintenance task. There's a few of those on, on my list. Um, <laughs> Shocks, turnbuckles, diffs. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, those are the standards. Probably shit. Probably shocks um, just because you get oil all over the place no matter what you do even if you try really hard not to, and then, you know, you have to take the, the shotguns out to be able to change the, the X rings and things like that. So it's a little tedious. Uh, it's probably definitely not, not my favorite. And then if you're, if you have bladders in, it kind of, kind of suck to bleed. Uh, it takes a lot more effort where if you have emulsion, you just take the screw out and, done. and uh, put the screw back in and you're, you're done for the most part. So. Glue and tires, right? it's <laughs> yeah. another one it's another one yeah that's gotta be brutal you just gotta you just gotta get them all ready to go and then you just sit there and just glue 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 and just glue up you know four sets and just be I, done i think part of yeah part of tires is is all the preparation like especially if you have to take them out of packages so it's if you have a helper at all in at races like this it cuts out a lot of work if they're just able to take everything out of packages, you know, set it set it up for me, and then you can do the cleaning, do whatever. Uh, sometimes you can have 
help, you know, clean them up for you. Just have it staged and ready really is yeah. a lot of time because it's the actual physical gluing doesn't take very long yeah, it's at all. Quick. Yeah, it's, it's part. <laughs> yeah, it's all the rest of it um, that goes into it. And if you have help kind of prepping and getting ready and to stage it for you, um, that, that's really a huge help at these events. Yeah, you know, you have to take them out of package, punch holes in them. Usually, mm-hmm. you have to take the foams out to punch holes in them, or at least pull them down halfway, and then clean them, drying them, get them on the rim. I mean, it, that probably takes twice as long as just gluing the tire itself. Yeah. So normally, I'll try and have, if possible, have someone, you know, Chloe or or someone someone help prep all the tires, and then I can be working on the cars, and then I can just switch over once the cars are done, glue them up real quick, and uh, it saves saves a lot. It probably saves. A, couple hours by the end of the weekend yeah honestly i bet you it does danny max says pmb looks so epic love how they kind of make it look like a motocross show and a special features yeah yeah they put on a show uh rick says having a big uh, having the big events is great but how do we attract spectator spectators especially for the pro mains yeah i think that's probably a little hard right now um at this moment but yeah Every week, this that's always been the question. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a question. I mean, I, it seems like I always get in, into this question, but obviously, besides what's going on at the moment, but um, at these events, it's also hard to predict and show um, when the main event is going to be. I think to have spectators and they have to know that they're going to watch something good. Uh, you you have to say five thirty p.m main events going to go off. Uh, Mm -hmm. you gotta be in attendance here. Um, you know, that, that's, that's part of it. Um, the second part is we talked about last week, which was, it has to be interesting enough to people that they want to watch or that they're going to go out of their way to drive somewhere and, or attend something to watch one of these events. The main also can't be at midnight. Uh, it's gotta be at a reasonable time. So all these things uh, play a play a role. I think the best uh, that I've talked about before, the best entertainment event uh, I've ever seen was we essentially did one just for the spectators at Motorama one year. Uh, it's back when they were doing Nitro. I can't remember if Dakota, if you were running that Nitro event or not. Yeah, I think I think they only did it one year, didn't they? The Nitro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was there. I remember that. You had to wear yeah, a gas so, mask, right? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It, I remember they shut us down for a couple hours because the smoke went through the hallway and was like into their car show. It even went into like the little uh, Supercross track they had going on. It was oh. it was pretty bad. It was really bad. That's probably one of the worst uh, worst indoor smoke uh, smoked out building experiences I've had. And and that that event has the ability to have the spectators. And at that race, what they did is they asked Scotty to basically put on a special one race that was just for spectators so they were able to put up signs in uh, around motorama that stated you know hey five o'clock there's going to be this main event to watch on the rc track and uh scotty lined you guys up and everybody just said hey kind of make it look good there was nothing yeah. really on the line but scotty like approached it like it was like the biggest main event in the world and uh, I remember that being fan- fantastic to watch. Um, I don't remember uh, Drake, obviously, if you were in Mayfield, and I remember Taylor Peterson being in it and, uh, you know, all these guys. And I remember, you know, you guys could actually pull wide and let somebody go. And the mm-hmm. spectators didn't really realize what was happening. Yeah. But they just yeah, you're like able to just... slow down a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, push a little wide. And, yeah, just put on, yeah. it was it was cool, though, because everyone – everyone was able to do that and yeah. it was one of the, it didn't matter. We were just like, Hey, let's just have a good time and go have fun. I, I forgot about that. I remember that though. It was, it was super fun. Yeah. And I thought that was a great way to do a spectator kind of event. You could plan the time you could kind of, um, put people through the paces of, of what a good race looks like and also kind of bump up, bump it up a little bit and make it even more exciting where I remember there was a point in the race on the back where, um, Mayfield just went wide and Drake went inside and it looked like a great pass. And, 
And then the, the spectator is like, oh, cool, a good pass. And then Ryan, since he was wide, he just decided to jump a jump that you don't normally jump. And then they went uh-huh. crazy because he jumped over the top <laughs> of them. So it, it worked out really well at yeah. that event. And and that was, a, to me, what I could see as a spectator type of thing. Yeah, it's hard, too, when you have these races with 700 entries. There, there's so many races being able to figure out, like, when when a certain the main event, so to speak, is going to run. And you know what time it's going to be, and to be able to figure that out is just uh, it's a challenge. Uh, Kyle's oh, Kyle says he's here to answer questions if need be. Yeah, Kyle Predmore, he's always uh, here to support with uh, answers. But I think in general, if we don't have any other questions, um, we can live let Dakota yeah. give us a shout out to all of this. Supporters, sponsors, we can let them go, and then Gotti and I can um, chit-chat a little bit and kind of wrap it up. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on again. We'll have to keep uh, keep doing this every couple years or so. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks to, uh, to TLR for the support. Uh, like Jason said, it's been pretty much since day one. Uh, I've been with TLR or Team OC or LOC, you know, whatever it has been over the years, but I've always, always been with them. Um, and then thanks to, uh, to Trinity, um, obviously to Jay concepts, a new addition this year. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure working with uh, Jason and the whole team. Um, and then, uh, OS speed horizon hobby, stick it one racing Lunsford, uh, Bradley fine line designs. Um, and uh, I want to thank, thank, uh, Barry Baker, especially for all the support with the eight scale side of things. He's, uh, he's really helped step up my program, prepping prepping all my cars for Nitro Challenge, prepping all the cars for PMB, and just really helping uh, to elevate that program. Um, and then thanks to uh, to everyone uh, everyone back home and everyone from around the world for all the support. Um, I appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep it rolling, keep the races going, and uh, keep doing our best. All right. Well, thanks, Dakota, for checking in. It was a great Great racing with you up there at the PMB. Did a great job and uh, just wanted to get you on the show, chit chat about it a little bit. That's kind of the, uh, always a nice thing to do is catch up with somebody after a good event. So thanks again. And uh, yep. we'll see you at the Wicked Weekend. That sounds good. Thanks, yeah, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Stay safe. See you. Thanks. All right. Some technical difficulties there in the beginning, but it smoothed out eventually. So, yeah, Dakota good stuff. Fan. Episode two seventeen, filling us in on PMB, and Spencer just put out a nice uh, video today about his PMB experience, kind of showing you uh, one of his YouTube video of him getting ready, you know, flying out of Arizona, getting over there to Georgia, and then them driving to Tennessee. So. Fun video. If you want to see a little more about PMB, we got he's got that one up there right now. Uh, we put up our event, which is kind of a behind the scenes where I kind of talk to all the drivers that are kind of in contention in the pro classes, and and then we show a little race action and kind of uh, breakdown. It's usually a lot. My video is usually pretty long because it's you know these interviews with the guys and then the race going through three classes it's a long thing but but it's fun and we got that up there so if you want to see more about pmb and then uh we got a video that uh a highlight video that's on youtube now too that kind of uh that uh hannah hardison was working on uh with us and so went pretty well that's up there on youtube now too so we got uh we got a lot of stuff about pmb kyle says he's uh airline ticket airline ticket away from being a tire prepper aren't we all (laughs) (laughs) i I, I don't want to do that job come on my fingers to the tire and then plus am i the only one that thinks like when you touch the tires with your hands it's just your hands stink after that then they do that's why you got to wash them use that hand sanitizer it doesn't come off it'll come off you gotta just wash them to wear gloves yeah you could wear gloves What's next on the agenda? He got. Uh, um, uh, Kyle says he'll also work security if you need to. Sometimes. Or maybe he means that's job security. Uh, no, it's usually security. Let's see, we got RJ saying. Um, 
hurricane. Yeah, we got a little hurricane kind of coming up the uh, the coast. Local gal, Hannah H. That's correct. Is that what they're calling it? No, he he's, uh, was talking about. <laughs> I thought they're calling it the Gail Hannah. No, the the name of the hurricane has like a real hard to pronounce name. It's a hurricane or a tropical storm. Icea or something. It's like Icea is the name of the hurricane. I think. I gotta look this up. Yeah, it's like Icea. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, Hannah. The Hannah comment was based off of her coming and uh, helping us with uh, photos and video uh, from PMB. Did a good job. You got to check out that highlight video on YouTube. It's. Uh, JC, uh, JC Garage. Um, JC, J Concepts Live, I think is. Right. So that's a good highlight video. Then we got my my hour long video of the race, the way it unfolds, people's uh, ups and downs. Then Spencer's Spencer's little behind the scenes of PNB. So they got some good stuff in there. What were you showing today with that car? The front wheel drive. Oh, um, yeah. So. Let me see. Where do we start? Well, I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> you like when I start from the beginning. Yeah. So, All right. um, yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, I won't go that far. So <laughs> I remember when I was at, when I visited Associated a long time ago, Cliff Lett told me that he went to a race in Japan and with Jay Halsey and a driver there, just kicked their ass and he was running a front wheel drive car, homemade front wheel drive car. Wow. And he's, and I remember, I remember him telling me this story and I was just thinking, well, first of all, during those days you're thinking, well, who, who's kicking Cliff Lett and Jay Halsey's ass? You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like this guy must be a superstar, but, um, but anyway, he just said that the way the guy's car handled whatever track they were running on, was amazing and it was this homemade front wheel drive car i posted a photo of it and wild looking yeah and it looks kind of like a bug you know it's kind of like yeah. it's got this like kind of look to it and so anyway that i was kind of stuck with me this story and i was like i was kind of wondered what it would feel like to drive one of these front wheel drive buggies and so there's a company called orb racing that makes a conversion kind of for a B6, although once you kind of have the thing together, there's really not a lot of B6 parts on it, but uh, but it's a front-wheel drive, and it's the, you know, it's got associated stuff on it, so it's kind of a f associated-based car. But, yeah, it's a front-wheel drive car, and uh, I got one in, I got a conversion in, and I had a donor B6, and gave it to AJ, and I was like, hey, we want, I want to run this one day, let's, let's put it together, so he was assembling the car, and we we got it together. Just need we got to finish the electronics, I think. But I just went all out. We got to paint it. So I'm like, we're gonna try this front wheel drive car out and see see what it's all about. Just because of that story that I heard from from Cliff so long ago, I figured it'd be cool to try it out. From what I understand, they actually uh, excel um, at times over a traditional car. Like there are times that that they're very good. Like if you look on their Facebook page, they got races that they win with that car. But I think you have to allow the car to race. Um, I know Cody Newmandall mentioned on my post that it's a roar and if more rule that that car would technically be a four considered a four wheel drive car. Oh. But, but I, I know they do run it in a, in a two wheel drive class in some areas. So, I mean, it is two-wheel drive. It's just from the front. But I don't know that they should probably race together. Um, but it's not something that's just new. You know, this idea has been around for a while, but not many people have either heard the Cliff story or seen that original car uh, picture that I posted or even this ORB conversion. That, uh, But it's it's it, people, people think it – I mean, a lot of people, I think, in general – I posted it because I knew it would get a lot of action, right? Yeah. I, I've been saving the photo for a while and I was like, you know, kind of going through working on my social media this morning and I was like, ah, let's just go for it. Um, you know, um, it's funny because I talk with people about 
you know, the different social media stuff and what posts are popular and what pictures people put up. And, you know, I, I put up all kinds of things because, you know, obviously when I was a kid, you know, I, I was into Bigfoot, Chuck Norris, uh, Hulk Hogan, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. So I have all these things that, uh, that I'll, I'll post things every now and then just because I'll dig up, I'll find an old photo. So anyway, um, I think in general, it's funny because you, you realize why people either are friends with you or they know you because those are the, the things that they like. Right. So, um, and you know, for me, when I post something about Chuck Norris, it's like 20 likes, you know, it's like a oh, big deal. Uh, Michael Jordan isn't even really, um, you know, people don't, yeah. yeah, they don't like, they don't like my Michael Jordan post or my <laughs> post about my Air Jordan shoes. I mean, there are some likes, but not like, but when I post a picture of an RC car or something like this, that's what people like, you know, they, yeah. they, they really relate to the RC side of either knowing me or, um, and then especially if you get a little bit weird and you post a little bit of a strange photo like this one, I, I knew people would get excited about this car because it's something that you kind of love to love to hate in a way. Like it's kind of got that look like you either love it or you hate it. And that's usually like that fine line where you get a lot of you know, like people. I like the way it looks. I think it's wild. Yeah. Well, which is cool. You know, I, that's and that's the line that you can see right away in the post where people are like, oh, that's fugly. Right. That's the that's the thing they use. Yeah. Um, when we first started making bodies, uh, we've talked about this before where people, you know, we post something up and Paul's like, Oh, there's the Batmobile comment, you know, <laughs> looks like the Batmobile. Uh, that's what people, for some reason, that's the comment people think of on some bodies, the Batmobile. Uh, so what, what body's fitting on that right now? That's just the body it comes with. They make their own little, it's a little mini body. I could actually go get the car. That'd probably be the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, good. To, to go with the post. So yeah, hold on a second. I'll, I'll go get the car. So this is the traditional, you know, B6, right? So we got the, this is my carpet car. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is the normal B6 that we were building for my carpet car and you know, the layout everyone's kind of familiar with, uh, no wheels, tires, body wing, but you get the idea. So, uh, and then we got, we got the crazy car here. Love it. So, uh, and you can see here, you know, here's the steering is off the front. I thought that was just one it's, of your bodies that you just hacked up to fit on that thing. No, no, this is this for this this thing. So, see, it's got the it's got the front steering and the transmissions in the front. So, and then it's just got like these frog leg suspension arms in the back. Wow. They're just dangling, dangling out there. So have you run this yet? No, I haven't ran it. Uh, that was the idea is I got it to run it, but I showed the picture before we, we drove it. But uh, And this is, you know, based off of the B6. They use the B6 shocks and I don't know what else is B6 on here. Maybe a couple things. But uh, so here it is without the body on it and the motor is in the front. You know, the motor goes up here. Okay. Here's the, the gear cover. So it's got like a, it's kind of has a stand up, stand up transmission. And I think that's really the only way that it would fit in there. Yep. So there's, there's the steering oh, and you wow. can see that. So the drive. That is funky, yeah. man. Look at the steering. Yeah. To me, it's the rear end. That's so crazy. Yeah, Just that's the, amazing. How long are those arms? Jeez. Yeah, they're probably, I don't know, six or seven inches long. Uh, Kyle says that looks like it's made for the dunes. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out when we finally get to drive it. But uh, Can't wait for that video. Yeah, that was, that was the idea is to kind of get one and just try it because ever since I heard that story, I was interested uh, to see what it would be like and we got it in and yeah, it's got a B6 diff, B6 bones and bearings. And what was the name of the company again? It's called ORB racing. Okay. And they're on Facebook. You said and stuff. Yeah. 
and they got photos of them on there racing. Uh, I think there's some videos too, but I, to be honest, I don't even know if I've watched a video. I just kind of, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. You're the, you're like a good, uh, researcher. Like you'll do the research. Go down that rabbit hole later. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll go down that thing and like two in the morning, I'll get this message. Okay. So I finally got to one of the videos and da, da, da. <laughs> are you up? Where are you guys at? Are you up? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you? Uh, Rick says I'd be scared to hit something and snap the steering off. You know what? It's always possible on all these cars to hit something and, and break, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll find out when we drive it. Yeah, it was kind of a fun little, but yeah, I was kind of saving the photo because I knew, I knew people would really kind of enjoy that one. We'll put the, we'll put the little mini, I mean, look at this body, look how small the body is. All right, Jason, give a shout out to all your sponsors and who you'd like to thank. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Jconcepts.net. I got it right. To, I wore the shirt today to remind me that it's .net, not .com. Okay, good. I wore my shirt too. Yeah. It's my uniform. The work attire. All right, we appreciate everybody joining us for 217. Don't forget, we'll be doing these live, but there's also an audio version available. Not too long after dropping it. Uh, you know, a few hours. Not much editing now with these live versions. I just do an intro Boom. and outro. Yeah, that's it. So... Within hours, there's an audio version available virtually everywhere that you get your podcast. So, again, big thanks to Dakota Fenn. Jason, we will catch you next week. All right, guys, we'll see you then. <laughs>